0: shall come no more clouds in the sky no more tears pain, no more parting over there, and forever I will be with the one who died for me, what a day, glorious day that will be, what a day that will be, when my Jesus I shall see, we New
1: It is my joy to share once again about all the ministry of the Dominican Republic. Uh, This is our uh, update for 2020. And uh, we want to share with you how God has uh, blessed us uh, and where he has us now. And and then also share some of the ministries that uh, God is using uh, to be a blessing to the Dominican people here in the Dominican Republic. And also, we would like to share with you some of our our burdens uh, uh, of what we're having to face here in the Dominican Republic. So with that, uh, I want to ask Pastor Jose, uh, who is here with us, to come, and he's going to share a few things today.
2: Hola, me llamo Jose Ramón Ramírez, asisto al pastor en los ministerios de República Dominicana, y estamos aquí trabajando en diversos ministerios en los cuales les quiero presentar. El primer ministerio es el ministerio de evangelismo. Cada sábado vamos a diferentes plazas, en diferentes eh, parques y lugares y alrededor de la propiedad para invitar personas y presentarles el evangelio de Cristo. Este ministerio nos ha ayudado puesto que hemos visto la mano de Dios obrando en las vidas de diferentes familias que hoy forman parte de la membresía de la iglesia. En 1995 comenzamos el Instituto Bíblico en Santo Domingo llamado Seminario Bautista Resurrección, en el cual ya se han graduado más de 100 pastores nacionales, muchos de ellos apoyando diferentes ministerios y sirviendo como pastores en diferentes partes del país. Junto con el seminario, tenemos el ministerio de plantando iglesias. Hemos visto a Dios obrando en muchas partes del país y ya tenemos más de 50 iglesias a nivel nacional que se han plantado mediante este ministerio have el ministerio de misericordia, ministerio inspirado en la palabra de Dios, específicamente en el texto de Mateo capítulo 25. En este ministerio nosotros asistimos a orfanatos, hospitales, servicios de ayuda a personas con, con adicciones a las drogas y alcohol y alcohol. También ayudamos eh, diferentes ministerios en diferentes partes del país. Y por último, también tenemos el ministerio del colegio New Life Christian Academy, fundado en el 2001, donde hemos visto a Dios sobrando las vidas de jóvenes. Este ministerio surge con la necesidad en el país de colegios cristianos de buena educación basado en la palabra de Dios, en el cual podamos implantar el evangelio de Dios en los corazones de nuestros estudiantes.
3: Here at New Life Baptist Church, the Lord has been very good to the ministries. Um, they started in a rented facility not far from where we are now and they faced a lot of opposition, and they were forced to leave that. They even met in, in Pastor Ronnie's home for a, a, for a few weeks. So they found uh, the other location where they were at for a number of years. And in 2016, God opened the door for them to be here in this location where they are now. And it's been such a blessing. It has opened up a number of opportunities for us as we minister and as we serve, not only here in Santo Domingo, but also as you heard before, in these ministries all around the country. And um, just there's a number of advantages for us having our own location. We're able to do a lot of different renovation work, um, making, changing this building from a a house. It was a residence before, and now it holds New Life Christian Academy, Resurrection Baptist Seminary, and New Life Baptist Church. And before in the old location, we were sharing the same uh, facilities, the same rooms, setting up, taking down. And we're thankful that God's allowed us to have our own place where we can have the church and then we have the school building, and we have the area where the seminary meets. And it's been such a blessing to be able to have this and, um, and just for the expanded opportunities, whether it's reaching out in this area, um, in this neighborhood, or the ability to have more students and offer more things in the academy to have a greater impact in the city of Santo Domingo. Um, in 2016 and then the years following, we've done a number of renovations changing this property from, the, from a house to the church building and the school building. We're thankful for many of those that came and sacrificed to help, for those in the church and the school and the ministry that also came and gave of their time and of their efforts to help us as we've remodeled this facility, and we're very thankful for what God has given us. And. And we're excited about what God has brought in and supplying the need for the ministry. But as you'll hear in a moment, there's, uh, there's much still to be done in regards to the payment for the property.
1: So as you've heard, uh, God has been doing some great things and we are so excited uh, just to be a part of God's great work here in the Dominican Republic. We are currently working on a remainder of our property that is here in the DR with the owners. Uh, this uh, amount of 280000 includes uh, 230000 that we have to pay uh, on the remainder of the part of money that's owed here in the Dominican Republic. And then there's uh, $50,000 that we have to have for taxes, uh, some paperwork fees with lawyers, and, and then the title process uh, here in the Dominican Republic uh, is very expensive. We have two titles uh, on this property. so. Uh, We have to deal with the uh, fees and things that are involved to have these two titles prepared. Uh, We're uh, excited that we know that our Lord has the answers uh, to these obstacles we're facing uh, with the purchase of our property. We have seen his hand time and time again uh, as he moves to uh, provide for us and help us. And so we're so thankful for uh, being a part of God's great work here in the Dominican Republic and for the things He's going to do in the future here. Uh, sometimes I, I think about the great uh, uh, pastors that God has given us uh, out in the field. Some 55 pastors now we have here in the Dominican Republic, all trained by Resurrection Baptist Seminary and uh, the exciting thought of of what is coming for the future. We have many students in our seminary right now that are preparing for the ministry. And uh, these facilities that God has provided uh, is being used for that purpose, to train men to serve God and to plant churches uh, all across the island. And now with two two of our nationals trained here outside of the Dominican Republic, Uh, what a blessing to be a part of such a great work. Uh, Please pray for us as we continue to work on these funds that are needed. uh, If God should lay on your heart to be a part of that, uh, please uh, follow to the end. It will tell you how you can help us to accomplish this great goal that God has placed. The vision is great. Uh, The Bible says where where there's no vision, the people perish. Uh, We have a great vision, and it's to win the country of the Dominican Republic. Please pray with us, and if you're able, assist us in accomplishing these goals. God bless you and thank you for your time. Clarifying, we don't want any more mistakes from numbers. Uh, The video was done in 1920, uh, 2020, not 1920, 2020. (laughs) And uh, I got that off the way, Pastor. <laughs> so, 2020, we did this video. I was supposed to come back on furlough then on, and during 2021, but because of the impact of the virus, it was just impossible. Uh, I just couldn't schedule uh, enough meetings to come back during that time. But um, since 21 and 22, we have over 60 now. And uh, the, the great thing about that is is uh, during, during the turmoil of all that was happening, we managed to keep planting churches. Amen? It, it didn't stop us. Uh, some of the guys came to me and they said, uh, Pastor, uh, we want to start a couple more churches. And I said, really? And uh, I said, well, uh, you know, I, I'll try to help. But I said, I don't have any way to get any funds right now. I said, I don't even get answers to some of my phone calls right now. <laughs> I said, everybody's in turmoil. They said, well, we just believe the Lord will have us do that. I said, okay, let's do it. And uh, boy, I tell you, it was just amazing to watch them work. And, and, and that's what it's all about. It's, it's all about building that national leadership so that no matter where we're there or not, Things just keep moving forward and keep going on and on and on and on and until the Lord comes, right? And so that's what we want to see in the Dominican Republic. And everything we do over there is based on a five-phase plan that God gave us before we ever arrived to the field. We've just started the seminary, been training, as it mentioned in the video. And so we just plan to keep on doing the same thing. Um, somebody asked me, he said, well, do you feel like you need to change anything? I said, what? what? What would I change? If I start putting my hands in this thing, it'll get all messed up. I said, I'm not changing anything. It's working. You don't try to fix something that's working, right? right? Just because the world says that things have to go a certain way, that doesn't mean that it has to be like the world says. It's got to be the way God says. Amen. Amen. So I thank y'all for inviting me here, and it's a great pl- privilege to be here. And uh, I appreciate your church and uh, your pastor and his vision. Uh, uh, I was I was sort of watching and listening, and and I can I can feel the heartbeat of the pastor, and and that's very important. Heartbeat of the pastor, and I think you have a great pastor, and I think. I think your best is yet to be seen, Amen. You know, I think I think there's 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 great things already happening, but I think there's greater things to come, Amen. I believe that. I believe that. I don't get discouraged. Hey, when all these things happen, I just say, Oh, well, Lord's letting everything get ready for uh, that season, right, of the Antichrist. Uh, I'm gonna keep working until that season starts, Amen. So. Tonight I want to share with you some thoughts on the heart of a missionary, and and this is a two uh, a two part message. So, so, hopefully you make it back tomorrow night and get the second part, but uh, this will be the first part tonight. Now this morning we talked about the heart of God, and uh, and and God has a great heart for for this world and the lost, and so tonight though I want to. I want to talk about, we're going to shift gears now, we're going to talk about uh, the heart of the missionary. Now, if, if you was to think, and you had to come up with a name for what you think the greatest missionary uh, is, that we have a testimony of, or a report of, uh, who might you say? In any, listen, uh, anybody got an opinion, you want to raise your hand? Oh, got one over here, yes, sir. Martin Who? Martin Luther. <laughs> Martin Luther. Well, he, hes definitely not on my radar. I don't know why, but he is not on my radar. But I'm thinking from a Bible point of view. Amen. Anybody else got a Paul, the Apostle Paul? Amen. Thank y'all, the Apostle Paul. He's the greatest missionary. I'm telling you, he's the greatest missionary. I don't know of any missionary who has had to face. I tell you, Martin Luther. Okay, Uh, I'm trying to just trying to get in there. I'm trying to fit it. It's not going in. Okay. So uh, anyway, uh, Paul. He's the greatest missionary that's ever lived, in my opinion. And and I tell you why, because when I see what Paul faced in the Bible, I I can't hardly get past that. I mean, when I see what Paul went through to, to do what he did, starting all those churches all over the place, everywhere, most of the New Testament outside the Gospels was written by Paul. I mean, I just get, you know, we need heroes today. We need to see heroes, okay? It's not Superman, okay? Okay? It's not uh, um, Thor. Is that right, Thorn? Thor. I don't even know how to say his name. It's not Thor. It's not Iron Man. It's 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 none of them. Paul's Paul's my hero. Jesus is my Lord and King of Kings, and He's my God, and 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 I serve Him for. For all eternity I will serve him, but, but as far as a, a, a man like me, who had the the same he he had the same disadvantages that I have, Paul's a hero, man. Paul is a hero. I mean, wading in water and shipwrecked and, 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 and a and a fiery serpent came out of the load of sticks and bit him on the hand and just shook it off and they said, he they started to, he's going to die any minute. He's going to fall over. He's going to die. That snake bites you, you die. You die. You die if you sell this to it, Paul, he just shook it off. Kept going. Paul's a hero. And so I want us to characterize in our minds Paul. And I want to take Paul in a setting. The, the setting as the missionary. The heart of a great missionary. One to be followed. One to adopt one, to incorporate into our lives and, and, and say, hey, Lord, thank you for the example you gave us through uh, Paul. Paul, who was a, a, a wicked, rich of a sinner, on his way to kill Christians, God knocked him off the horse or the donkey. I don't know what he was riding, but God knocked him off of it. Paul, Paul said, uh, he answered him, he said, Lord, Lord, So let's look at Paul. Open your Bibles to chapter 16 of the book of Acts. Now we know that Paul is on his second missionary journey here. He's completed the first one. He's prepared to go out on the second one. And, and uh, so he's on his second missionary journey. And uh, let's, go, let's go also find in your Bibles Philippians chapter 2. Philippians, Philippians chapter 2. We're going to read just one verse right now there. And then we'll pray. It says, If, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, uh, any comfort of love, this is in verse 1, any, uh, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any vows and mercies, uh, and it goes on down, And it says, uh, verse 2, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Uh, Look at verse 3. It says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look at verse 4. Look not every man on his own things, But every man also on the things of others. And verse 5 is the key verse for for tonight and tomorrow night. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for another opportunity to come together and to uh, worship you, Lord, and to... Uh, read your word and to enjoy the, the songs bringing glory to your name. We thank you for the opportunity tonight to uh, look into your word. Help us, Lord. Help us to gain and glean uh, the things that we need for tomorrow and the days to come from your word. Guide us and direct us in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, the Heart of a Missionary. So one mind. So I want. I want. This is the. This is the thing we're going to think about tonight. I have two thoughts I want to think about. One tonight. One tomorrow night. And and the one tonight is is Paul's heart toward the work. Paul's heart toward the work. So we know that Paul has already gone out on his first missionary journey, and he's come back. He reported in, and now he's uh, apparently he's rested, and he's put together a new new group. And, and notice that Paul, when Paul went out on the first one and the second one, he didn't go by all by himself. He took some people with him. And so Paul's got his, he's getting his second group together. We know there's a little conflict on the plans for this second group. The, the conflict came because uh, basically uh, Barnabas wanted to bring Mark. And Paul said, we, we're not taking Mark on this trip. Now, I don't know what happened, and I don't know why Mark wasn't going on that trip, but Mark was not going on that trip as far as Paul was concerned. And because there was a conflict, Paul said, okay, you, you, you go and take Mark with you, and I'll take Silas. And so Paul formed this group. He's got Silas. And so now they're out on the second missionary journey, and we're going to look at the place of where he's going to begin the church in the, the Philippian church, Philippi. And so this is where we pick it up uh, in uh, Acts chapter 12. Uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 12. We're going to read that, that verse, 12 and 13. Acts, Acts 16. It says, And hence uh, to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony and we were in that city abiding certain days. So they're there. They've arrived, and they're abiding there certain days. And and, and 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 Paul is gone there with a purpose now. His purpose is to establish a work. Okay? That's why he's there. So what is his mind? Well, let's see what he does after he's been there. It says, And on the Sabbath day in verse thirteen, we went out of the city by the riverside where prayer was what to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women, which resorted hither. So Paul said, okay guys, time to go out. Let's go to a place that's populated. Let's go down to the river. We know that down at the river, there are many people down there at that river. And let's go down to the river, and let's pray. So Paul's getting ready to go out, gets his group together. They go down to the river, and they pray. And there's many women there. It doesn't say anything about men. It just says there's women there. Maybe they were washing their clothes. I don't know what they were doing down there at that river, but apparently they would go down there, and that was a good place for them to go for some reason. And we know that they were gathered there, and it was known as a place where you could go and pray. So what is important When we go out, his attitude toward the work was, needs a lot of prayer. Got to pray. you Got to pray. Anytime you go to do anything for the Lord, we're supposed to pray. Paul said, let's go pray. Let's go down there. Let's pray. So Paul goes down to the river and look in verse 14. It says, and a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, of the city of Triteria, so, down there at the river, they're, they're down there, they're praying, they're talking to people. Much like we probably did on, like we did on Saturday, we went out and we talked to people and everything. So, they're down there and they're talking and they come across this woman and her name's Lydia. And it says, a seller of purple. So, Lydia, Lydia was a businesswoman because she, she had a, 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 she sold purple. So, she, in this town, Where a lot of people would come through. This was a town of commerce. People would come through buying and selling. Lydia sold purple materials. And so so she's a businesswoman. She's down there. She's down there at the river. And, And look what it says, which worshiped God. So what was Paul doing down there? Paul's down there looking for people that are already seeking the Lord. He has gone down to the river because it's known there to be a place that people gather. And and when they go down there, they're they're praying. And Lydia was down there, and Paul and them see Lydia, and and it says, which worshiped God. So she's down there. She's worshiping God. She's looking for favor with the Lord. She, she, She wants to find out what she can do to get closer to God. She's down there seeking out God. And she's worshiping God, it says here. But but she's missing something. She's missing something. She knows that God is the God of Israel. She knows that that He is the God that she wants to worship. But, but, But she's missing something. And it says there, heard us. What did she hear from Paul and Silas and his group? You know what she heard from them? She heard that Jesus Christ came. She heard that the Son of God had come and that he had already died on the cross for all her sins and that he had made a way for her sins to be forgiven and, and, and the, she heard that, that he died on that cross and on the third day he arose and he's gone to heaven to be with the Lord, his Father. And, and we're here to tell you that that's the missing part of your worship toward God. I think Paul and then they were praying, Oh Lord, Lord, just give us a few today. Just, just help us, just take us to the place where some are, Lord. Just, Lord, open, open the door for us to be in the right place at the right time, Lord. Amen. And look what happened. It says that she heard them. It says heard us. Now listen to this part because I read this verse. Well, I've read these verses, I don't know how many times. But when I read this verse uh, back in uh, uh, March, I read this verse, and I saw something I had never seen before. I don't know how I missed it, but I, I did. Ever happen, that ever happened to you, Pastor? It happens to me all the time whose heart the Lord opened. I've never, I never seen that verse before like that. that. She heard them. She heard what they told her. She heard the message. And we, we can go out and we can... And and we do it, boy. We 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 we're out there. We're looking for those lost souls. Amen. We preach. We preach to them. We tell, just like Paul and Silas do. We tell them about Jesus Christ. We tell him. Tell them he's the only way. He's the one you're missing. He's the one that, that's making you look for 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 God. He's the one that's out there for you. He he is your savior. But you know something? God must open the heart. God has to open the heart. No wonder Paul and Silas and them went to pray before because they needed God's attention to the matter of the business that they were going to do. They needed God to be involved and and, and they're letting him know that they can't open the hearts. They can give the message, but they can't do what God, only God can do. And that's the way we are. You see, Paul's, Paul had a mind to the work. Paul had a mind to get it done. But Paul knew his limitations. Paul knew that he could give the gospel. but only God can open the heart to receive the gospel. We need, to, we need to pray. We need to be like Paul and Silas. They prayed every time they would go out. So here they come to this woman. And she's heard them. And, and God opens her heart. Look, look what happens when God opens her heart. I know I've been there. You've been there. He opened her heart one day. And she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. That was me. That was me. That pastor, I mean, I thought there's no way I could be saved. That pastor was, he was telling me about the Lord Jesus, all that Jesus could do for me. I was just like Lydia. And and God just touched me. He said, said, today is your day. And, And that day with Paul, that was Lydia's day. That was her day. And God opens the heart, and she attended unto the things which Paul and his group had spoken out there, witnessing and telling people about Jesus Christ. Look at verse 15. And when she was baptized in her household, wow, you've heard that phrase before, right? Well, she got excited. She took Paul and him back to the house. And, and, and they witnessed to the whole house, her whole household. She's a businesswoman, so apparently she had quite a few people working for her. And, and, and they get back, and, and, and they tell them about Jesus. And she says, listen, I want you to know what I've, uh, I have found today. I found the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and they preached to the household. And, and, and they all got baptized. They all got baptized. She got baptized. Her children got baptized. No doubt her husband got baptized. Uh, Her servants got baptized. Everybody got saved and baptized. That's what happens. That's what happens. When the power of God comes onto the scene, lives change. Why does revival happen? Because we, we, we get in a certain line with God to where we're ready for what he's going to do. And we 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 proclaim and we preach his word with boldness and, and, and excitement and joy and, and people receive it because God opens the hearts. He opens the hearts. And look what she look what happened here. Uh, she 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 said, she said, she said verse 15, she said, and she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, she just got saved. She said, She said, Look, I've been looking for him for some time. I've been wanting him some time. I'm so glad you showed up. I I got saved and I got baptized. Now listen, if you find if you find that I've stuck into this thing to be a part of the things of God and and be in his kingdom, she said, If you judge me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. Now now you've got to remember Paul and Emma, they're on a mission, they're on a mission trip. (laughs) A journey to start churches. They, they've got some provisions, but if remember, we Paul Paul and them had to work sometimes. And, and, and different people in the group had to work sometimes just so they could eat. And so here they are. They won Lydia. And Lydia says, hey, I got a big house. I got a big place. Come over to my place. Just come on over. Bring the whole group. Just come on over. Y'all can sleep at my house. I'll take care of you. I'll feed you. And the Bible says there, she constrained us. And she constrained us. She said, I'm not going to take no for an answer. I want you to come, come into my house. So quickly that this woman was able to embed herself into the planning of the church at Philippi. So quickly she was able to, to lay down at the feet of Jesus all that she had to make sure that the church at Philippi would happen so easily and so quickly, she welcomed all these strangers into her house for the glory of God. He said, "Well, Brother Aldrey, that that was that was back then, and we're in today. Yes, we're in today. We're in today, and the mission during Acts sixteen is the same mission." we have today nothing has changed God is the same as he was when this was written and he is the same today the mission has not become less it has become bigger and greater the mission should not slow down the mission should be just like it was here with Paul and Silas. They had a mind to work. They had a mind to commit themselves. And now that some have got saved, we find them again moving out. They're in this lady's house. She's taking care of them. And in verse 16, we find that, hey, they're comfortable now. They got food. They know they're going to eat. Things are comfortable. But we find in verse 16... They didn't say we're going to sit here in leisure for some days and we might go back down to the river soon. No, we find right off, right off, right off in verse 16 it says, And it came to pass as they went to prayer. Sounds like to me they had a, a daily practice. They're going out again. <laughs> they say, okay, that's great. We're happy with Lydia. We're happy with her whole family. We're happy that we have a place to sleep tonight. And it's going to be a little bit more comfortable. And we're happy that we know that when we get home, we might have some hot chocolate and bread waiting on us. But we're going back out to pray. Let's go back out. So they go back down to the river. We're in verse 16. And so they they go back down to the river to pray. It says, And a certain damsel, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us, which brought her masters much gain by smooth saying. So now, they've gone back down, and they encounter a possessed young lady. And she, she's a smoothsayer, which is a, it's just, she was a fortune teller. That's what she was. So she would tell her, her masters, obviously she was a slave, she would tell her masters, if you invest in this and this and this, you're going to make some money. So she was known for telling the truth it was established in the community that if you want if this woman said to invest in this or to do this or buy this or sell this you should do it because you're going to make money you said well brother what significance does that have i'm going to tell you i'm glad you asked me look here in verse 17 now remember she's known for telling the truth and it says the same followed Paul and us and cried saying these men are the servants of the Most High God. So here this lady is, that has a spirit, and she's following around Paul and them and his group in silence, and she's saying, Hey, these men are the servants of the Most High God. You think people were listening to her? I think they were. They were used to listening to her, but she doesn't stop right there. She says, which show unto us the way of salvation. She said, hey, this group of people here that are visiting our city, they are the servants of the Most High God, and they show to us, she included herself, the way of salvation. And she's known for telling the truth. And she's delivering a message, a true message. They were the servants of the Most High God, amen? <laughs> and they did have the message of salvation. You see, the devil knows the truth, right? He knows the, he doesn't want to accept the truth, but he knows the truth. And so she's proclaiming that, and, and we see that after some times go by, in verse 18 it says, and, and, and did this, and, she, and this did she many days. So she was going around, following them, and she's saying the same thing over and over and over. So Paul, Paul's getting tired now. Paul said, well, the first day was okay, but this, this is about the fifth day of this happening. This, this is enough, enough. And it says, Paul, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to come out of her. So Paul said, enough. I'm done with this. He said, you come out of her. And you do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he came out the same hour. Came out. Imagine. Imagine. They've gone down the river again to pray. They've encountered another woman. A young woman. She's possessed with an evil spirit. She has no hope. Except for that God intervened. And God, no doubt, had chosen that day to deliver her out of that bondage. Delivered her soul out of the hands of that spirit and into the glories of the kingdom of God. Look what it you say, well, brother, how do you know for sure she got saved? I know that because of verse 19. It says. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone. The masters, Paul's working. You see, Paul has a mind toward the work. He's not afraid to deal with the work. He's not afraid to get his hands in there. He's not afraid. uh, He doesn't back off. He's not afraid of of the devil. He's not afraid uh, of those people that could get upset with him. Paul just keeps doing the work. And 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 the the men that was her master, they 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 became upset. They said, Oh, this is not the same person anymore. This is the girl. The spirit's gone. Our gains are affected. We won't have any more. And they got upset. They got upset, this lady got saved. She got saved. And look what happened. It says, and they drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the master, saying, these men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city. How were they troubling the city? What were they doing that was so wrong? Look what they were doing, they were teaching, they teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. They said they're against Caesar. They're against what we as Romans, uh, the protection of Rome is over our city We as Romans, we do not embrace the things of God. They're here. They're disrupting our city. They're teaching a message that belongs in Jerusalem. These are Jews. They don't belong here. They shouldn't be here. And they've invaded our city. You see, Paul was a great missionary. Paul went out on the assault. (laughs) He's invading cities. Amen. That's what they're saying about him. He's not supposed to be here. And, and look what it says happened to him. Look at verse 16. It says in verse 16, And the multitude rose up against, together against them, and the magistrate ripped off their clothes, and commanded them, commanded to beat them. So they, they, they're going to they're beat them. And look what it says in verse 23, And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. So here's Paul and them. The first encounter they had was Lydia. That was a great encounter. She got saved. Uh, she happened to be a woman of business. So she brings them into the house. All of a sudden, their, their comfort level has completely changed. Uh, they, they've got food. They've got lodging. Everything's going great exciting and and so then they go back out the next day they don't decide to, t- to vacation they decide to get busy keep staying working right keep working amen and and so uh, you, you get what i'm saying keep working amen you know some people go and they do a little bit of work and they say okay well let's take five days off we've worked so hard we we, we need to go on a two-week vacation for that five days we work you know, so uh, they, they kept working, and they, they run into the damsel, and she's following them around, and Paul, Paul looks, and he says, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will come out of her, and she comes out. And now the town is against them, and they, they've been taken to the center of the town before the master. They've been judged for what they were doing concerning the gospel's sake. They've been accused of bringing into the city a teaching that was not allowed, And now they've been beaten. They're close, ripped, been beaten, and they've been cast into the inner part of the prison. Now, do you know what the inner part of the prison is? That's the deepest part and the most secure part. And you know who they put in that part of the prison? They don't put the the person that just took a, piece of bread off of one of the stands and they caught him and put him in jail. They put the, the, those are the killers. <laughs> those are the, the people that kill people are in that part of the prison and the, the people that hurt people and do bad things, they're inside that inner part of the prison and, and they put them in stocks because they want to make sure that they couldn't get up and walk out. So they're secure and they're in the midst of all these criminals. And Paul has gone there. He's gone there for the purpose of sharing the gospel and of, of preaching to the people there in Philippi. And, and he's wanting to start the church. And he's, he's got a good start. Uh, people have been saved. Lives have been changed. And, and everything's going so well. Now, Paul could be saying, well... Well, maybe we shouldn't have came to Philippi. He could be saying, Well, we didn't come here with a plan to end up in jail. We didn't come here uh, to be locked up and now we can't start the church. Now we, everything's falling apart, everything's gonna uh, uh, not happen the way we had planned it. We may be told that that we can't go to church, or we, we can't do this, or we can't do that. Paul Paul could have said so many things. He could have said we gotta stop. We gotta stop, it's getting dangerous. Can't go in the building. Can't talk about Jesus. There's rules against that. Does this sound familiar? Does this sound familiar? Does this sound intimidating? You see, Acts 16 is the same as today. We are not in a new situation. We're just in one we haven't seen. But it's not that no one's seen it. It's not that no one has experienced. And the worst is yet to come, I believe. The worst, I believe, is yet to come. We had martial law in the Dominican Republic. If you walked out of your house, anytime after 12 o'clock in the afternoon, five o'clock in the morning you were arrested and taken to a holding a holding center and you had to pay a fine and you when you paid your fine you didn't leave till five o'clock in the morning. it didn't matter what time you got arrested. And we've had we've had great life so far. It's been easy. It's sort of been like Paul when he met Lydia. And met the It's Been good so far. But what if? What if we continue to see happening in America what's been happening? What if we, we get to this place that we find ourselves in the deep part of the prison? What if we have to choose between saying something about our Lord Jesus Christ or being quiet. What, what if? Well, we have the mind that Paul had toward the work? That, that our circumstances doesn't depend on how well things are going. Look, 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 look what happens here. Verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. Paul was a praying giant. Paul prayed all the time. Paul was always praying. And at midnight, he's in jail. He's got his shackles on. He's in the midst of all these criminals. (laughs) And he's praying. I don't know what he's saying, but he's praying. he's, He's talking to the Lord. Him and Silas are praying. And then and then it says, and saying praises unto God. Oh boy, they're just having a party right there in the jail. They probably had a prayer preaching song time. Amen. You know what a prayer preaching song time is? You ever been in one of those? Sometimes we have in the Dominican public, we have an all night prayer meeting. You ever had an all night an all-night prayer meeting <laughs> where you just start, you start at like seven o'clock at night? And you leave the next day after breakfast. You ever do that? We do that. We do that in a minute. Where's our Mexican? Hola, oh. manos, Dios lo bendiga. Ustedes saben que yo estoy hablando? Orando por toda la noche. Amen. Buscando la cara de Dios y su fuego. Amen. Ustedes saben? Amen. Just asking God for some, some holy power. And so they're praying, they're singing, they're praising God. And, 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 they're, and they look there, it says, and the prisoners heard them. Huh. Let me explain something to you. Paul and Silas are not in jail by accident. They are not in jail because they did anything wrong. They're in jail because there are people there that need the gospel, and God put them in the deepest part of the jail And put them there for a reason. Because God knew that Silas and Paul would start to sing and praise and give him glory. You know, I don't know what I'd do if I was in jail, Pastor. But I I think I would find a way to talk about Jesus some while I'm in there, right? If I'm in there. Now, I'm not asking him to send me there. (laughs) I'm not looking to go there. I don't think Paul and Silas had any intentions or plans that day when they got up to go to jail. I don't think that they were thinking about, today we're going to the jail. We go to jail, do jail ministry all the time, but we, we go there with a the purpose to leave when we get done. Amen. <laughs> they didn't have a choice. They were thrust into the inner part of the jail. They were put in shackles, and, and, and they, were, they were fixed so that they couldn't go anywhere. So, so Paul and Silas began to share the gospel. And it says the prisoners heard them and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. How about that? How about that power? How about that power of God that can just move in? And changed the whole situation in just just a few seconds, and and loosed them and made it, made it so that they could escape. But guess what? They didn't escape. I remember one time uh, one of my one of my pastors got in, was uh, watching a facility, and uh, that somebody broke in and stole all the office equipment. And he called me and he said, he said, Pastor Ronnie, I'm in jail. I said, oh, You're in jail? What are you, you visiting? No, no, they came and got me. I said, oh, you're in jail. They came and got you. Yeah, they came and got me. I said, what did you do? He said, I haven't done anything. The company I was working for, somebody broke in and stole everything. And because I was a watchman, they came and got me. I said, I'll be there in a minute. I got there. I said, "Where's where's the one in charge? He said, oh, the general's not here. I said, well, could you tell him that there's an American pastor down here and you let me inside the jail to see one of my pastors and that I'm not leaving until he comes? He said, you can't do that. I said, you'll have to drag me out of here. I'm staying in here with my, my, my pastor because he ain't done nothing wrong. Well, the general showed up. He said, uh, you do realize you, we're not supposed to let him go? I said, I realize that. I said, but he ain't not done anything wrong. And I said, I'll promise you that I will make sure that he comes back for any trials or anything you got, but you're going to find out he's he's not done anything wrong. He's a pastor. But I'll stay here with him. They left. They came back about 30 minutes later. And I don't know who they called, but they said, uh, They told us to let you go. (laughs) So they let me and him go. We can't walk in fear. We can't walk in fear. Uh, first church down there at Resurrection, uh, Resurrection Baptist Church, that it was a barrio. It was a maze. I mean, I could walk through that place and I would walk through that place many times by myself. The The, the men would always come. they come and say, Pastor, we told you you cannot be walking down here by yourself. I said, why not? Because it's dangerous. I said, who's it dangerous for? It's not dangerous for me because I said... You can't send me to heaven unless I'm supposed to go there, so I, I'm not worried. I said, You know what? Instead of telling me I can't go out here and visit, why don't you be here on time and go visiting with me? Because I'm going to go with you or without you. Well, they, found, they started finding a way to be on time. They would come go with me. I, I'd be visiting, I'd, walk, I'd walk, walk down those little canals or past pathways. And, and, and I would see a, a person dead. And just dead. Just beat to death. You know what that did when I would see somebody like that? It made me feel like well if he could have just got here sooner you had just been here sooner maybe that maybe that wouldn't happen I kid you not I'd be walking through that barrio and and they'd be fighting and I would hear them say the pastor is coming stop the pastor's coming I'd get there and it'd be all stop I'd ask them what are y'all doing what are y'all doing? Oh, we're just leaving. We're just leaving. Poor soul, beat half to death. We need to walk down those paths that Paul walked or at least be available to do so. Paul was loosed. Silas was loosed. In 2 Corinthians 10.3 it says... For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not cardinal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That was the mind of Paul toward the work. Casting down imaginations and everything that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought, to the obedience of Christ, that was that was that was how Paul saw the work of God. It, every every day, every every moment was an opportunity. And you say, "Well, well, Brother well, that was for Paul." No, that was a mind. It's it's a mind. It's it's not. It's, it's not Paul's mind. It was Christ's mind in Paul. It's, it's, it's that mind of Christ in us that, that controls and, and helps us to walk, knowing that, that we can get through whatever we have to face for the sake of the gospel. You see, I, I think Paul never, never really felt bad about anything he faced. In fact, I'm going to share that tomorrow. I don't think Paul felt bad about the things he had to go through. I, I don't think that ever entered his mind that he had suffered a bad life. I think, I think Paul was excited for every single opportunity he had, no matter whether he was out in the middle of the ocean wading water <laughs> with the sharks or whether he got stuck on an island because the ship wrecked and it was cold. I think Paul, I think Paul had a good understanding I think he was the greatest missionary who's ever lived, and, and I think he had a good mind toward the work. Listen, the, 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 the jail is open, and the jailkeeper comes in verse 27. He says, He's out of sleep. Seeing the prison doors open, he drew his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. Remember, the doors are open. The shackles are broken. There's all kinds of prisoners in there. Many that, if they had any chance at all, would run. But guess what? Those prisoners had encountered a meeting with God. They had encountered, through the singing and praying and preaching of Paul, and so, they had encountered a moment with the Savior. And the Savior had rescued their soul. And cleaned up their sin. And Paul cries out and he says in verse 28. He says, he says uh, with a loud voice saying do thyself no harm for we are all here. Paul was just on another day of the work of God. <laughs> he said hey don't, don't do anything. Don't, don't do any harm to yourself. Because me and all the prisoners are still here in this place. And he called for a light in verse 29 and sprang in and came trembling and fell before Paul and Silas. Wow, well, how things can change sometimes. The very ones that are against us, the very ones that would take us down, the very ones that would, would bring harm to what we're doing, the very ones that, that do not want to see the cause of Christ before. Now he's at the feet of Paul and Silas. He's trembling because the power of God has showed up. You know something? When the power of God shows up, people conform, hearts open, lives change, and that's what happened. He said, when he saw that the prisoner's still there, he's so amazed. (laughs) This this is an impossibility. This, this, All that I heard this week about the businesswoman, Lydia, being saved, and, and then the damsel, and, and she got saved, and, and now all the prisoners are here, and they're, they're talking different, and they're acting different, and there's a difference in this place. He says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Oh, the testimony of God's word just goes forward. It breaks down barriers. It breaks down cities. It it it, it breaks down countries. It brings change. It brings change. It's because of the power. He's the God of salvation. He's the God of a second chance. He's the God that loves His people. He's a God who sent his son to die on the cross of Calvary for our sins. Paul wasn't alone in that prison. Paul was operating in the perfect will of God. Paul knew that God had a purpose for him to be there. Paul did not uh, get disgruntled or sad or disappointed about the beating he had suffered. Paul did not begin to weep and say, Lord, why would you put me in such a situation? Lord, have have you forsaken me? Have you forgotten about me? No, Paul knew why he was there. And the reason he was there was because God wanted him to share the gospel. And he shared the gospel. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus. I believe that that during those songs and that praying, he he was praying for those prisoners. He was saying, Lord, you know what these men have done. No doubt in my mind, he was, he was saying things that got those men to thinking about the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, believe on the name on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. and thy house. What was Paul's heart toward the work? Pa- Paul's heart toward the work was that it was something that had to be done. It was not optional, and it could not, the work that had to be done could not depend on the situation. It didn't matter if the situation was great, or if the situation was sort of middle line, or if it was down in the dumps, (laughs) in the very center of the prison with all the criminals. It didn't matter where Paul was. The work was the same. The message was the same. The dedication was the same. The faithfulness was the same. The direction was the same. The message had not changed. Paul continued to plow the ground no matter what. What, what, what is our mind toward the work of God? And how much of the work of God are we, are we willing to take upon ourselves? Could we be like Paul? I, I think it would be hard to be like Paul. <laughs> but I would want to be like Paul. I, I would want to have the same outcome in my life as Paul if things get tough one day. I'd like to be able to keep my mind straight like Paul did in diverse situations. I'd like to keep my focus the way it's supposed to be when all the troubles of this world seem to be falling apart. I'd like to say, you know, I I expect that. I expect the world to go that direction because the Lord has forewarned me about that. And he has told me that the, the day is coming when Satan will have a season. I expect the world to have bad things happen. I expect for things to go bad. But it it can't deter me or confuse me about what God has called me to do. The work does not change in the midst of the situation. Pastor, let's pray. Pastor, you come, please. And let's pray about the work that we have to do in this world. Keep in mind, Paul, Paul stayed the course.